Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sharing Everything. We are your hosts, Joe. And Katie. Balecki, and we are married, and we like making each other watch movies that we like. What did I make you watch this week? You made me watch Unforgiven. That I did. What is Unforgiven about? (sighs) Do you know? I mean, kind of. I kind of know what this movie was about. So it was like a, like what, a revenge story, I suppose. And it's a, it's a Western. So at the beginning, there's this, the scene in like a brothel type thing. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a bar. A bar with some, with, some unsavory stuff going up. It's, it's the Wild West. Yeah. Um, so this girl makes some like offhand comment about the guy who she's, um, I don't know what I can say. Providing her services for? <laughs> yes. And he freaks out and he slashes her face. And then there's something with like the sheriff or something and horses and <laughs> getting paid horses in exchange for cutting up this prostitute or whatever you want to call her. She's a woman. Well, yeah. Of course she's a woman. But anyway. Um... And then we get, we see Clint Eastwood, who's like a a pig farmer. Mm -hmm. And this guy, this young guy who's sort of like trying to be a bad guy, he Mm -hmm. comes and he talks to Clint Eastwood and he said, hey, so they're offering $1,000 for whoever catches the two cowboys who slit this girl's face. Mm -hmm. And Clint Eastwood, what was his name? Uh, William Money. Oh yeah, Money. Um, William says, no, it's not really my thing anymore. My dearly departed wife would not approve of it. I have kids. I'm a changed man. Mm-hmm. And so the kid goes, uh, goes along his merry way and he's like, well, if you ever change your mind, I'll be heading this way. Um, and so then he sort of has, has a change of heart and he goes to see his old partner, Morgan Freeman, who I think was called Ned. And he wants to protect the wetlands. <laughs> not quite. Um. So he goes to see Morgan Freeman and he sort of tells him about the thing that happened and then it had kind of turned into, oh, he cut the face, he cut her ears off, he cut her eyeballs out. So it sort of escalated a little bit, which, you know, kind of happens when you hear things through the grapevine. Yeah. Um, and then Ned sort of agrees that they're going to go. So they get on their horses and they ride to, I don't remember where, they were in Kansas or something and they rode to yeah. wherever this place was. And so they meet up along with the kid who tried to get um, William to go in the first place. And the kid starts shooting at them because he doesn't know who they are. And then we find out that the kid is actually nearsighted so he couldn't see who they were. Mm -hmm. And let's see. Then they get to the town that I think is called Big Whiskey. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, And they're told that they have to turn in any firearms that they have. And then at this point, William is super sick, and he's sitting in the bar, and he's, like, dying. And the sheriff comes in, and he's like, hand over your weapons. And he's like, I don't have any weapons. And then he's like, yeah, right. And then he starts, like, beating him. And then, I mean, I don't know what happens next. And then the, the, they go after, he gets better, and then they go after the two cowboys. And... They shoot one of them, mm-hmm. and he dies. Mm-hmm. The other one, 
Oh, they kill him too. Yeah, they kill him later. After Ned gets killed by the sheriff. Yes. Um, and then at the end, the kid tries to shoot the other. Oh, the kid does shoot the other guy, and then he confesses. Oh, I I know I said I killed five people before, but it was really my first one. And then he starts freaking out. And then Clint Eastwood, um, he they get their money. Mm-hmm. And then he starts the journey. Well, he kills pretty much everybody in the town. He kills a lot of the men. And then he heads home. Yeah. And that's the movie. That was a very odd description. I'm sorry. Oh, I left out Dumbledore. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dumbledore was in it. The yeah. first Dumbledore. Yes. English Bob. Um. Yeah. That was the movie. Yeah. So why do you think I made you watch this movie? Um, you like westerns. You mm-hmm. you like a good revenge story. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Why did you show me this does movie? It, does it have anything to do maybe with the fact that my dad and I quote this movie all <gasps> the time? You do! We all have a coming kid. I finally know where that's from now. Yeah, you do. Yeah. So, so after, um, the Schofield kid shoots, yeah. oh, shoots the cowboy, uh, he's, he's sobbing like a little... Like a little wimp under a tree. He is. Like killing people is such a big deal. All right. And um, and he says, uh, well, they had it coming, didn't they? We've all had it coming. And Clint Eastwood says, oh, we all got it coming, kid. Yeah. I don't know if I call it a revenge story. More of a character study, don't you think? Because a revenge story would imply that the person who is doing the killing is the person who who wants the revenge it's just they're just bounty hunters it's it's the one last job trope that's true i mean they were going after these guys for a very specific reason yeah well every every bounty has a a specific reason it's not just willy-nilly okay you don't just you don't just offer to pay a thousand dollars to off somebody um you know because they got you off in traffic <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so what did you think? I know you found it sort of hard to follow. I did. I did sort of find it hard to follow. Um, and full disclosure, the first time I tried to watch this movie, I fell asleep, so we had to pause it. That's true. That's and... that's nothing new for movies that I like that I try to have <laughs> you watch. It it didn't catch my attention at first. Um, but then the second time. We attempted to finish the movie. Although, I mean, the first time we attempted. Never mind. The second time we actually finished the movie, um, I, it held my my excitement a lot better than it did the first 20 or so minutes we got through. Um, I have sort of mixed feelings about it. There were some things I liked about it. There were some things I didn't like about it. As a rule, I'm kind of not a fan of westerns. Don't Why like, not? Don't like Clint Eastwood. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> um, Westerns to me, like, they're not relevant to me. So I don't really have any sort y- Your of... dad is a big-time libertarian, and, <laughs> and you don't find Wild West stories no. relevant to you? See, here's the thing. Back like, to the that's Future what he Part wants. 3 is the extent of my Western liking. So if that tells you anything, I'm not big into Westerns. Um, yeah, I just don't feel like they have any sort of relevance to me. So it's just sort of hard for me to get into them. Most other genres, like I can find parts that, you know, speak to me. 
Um, I will say that this movie, though, once I gave it a second fully awake chance, I did find some things that I liked. There were some really good character development, particularly I liked the Schofield kid. Mm-hmm. I hate, I mean, I hated him, but I yeah. liked what they did with this character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there were things I really liked, and then there were other things that I just sort of didn't like on principle, and that might be small-minded of me, but hey. Like what things didn't you like just on principle? All the violence, all the gory stuff. There was no gore in this movie. Yeah. There was one shot with a little bit of blood after a person got gut shot. Which they is... cut her face. She was bleeding. Yeah, but they didn't, like, show it. And I just, I like, I, I don't like stories. Like, it's really, really hard for me to enjoy a story where the protagonist is a criminal he was a bad guy like they said several times that he killed women he killed children Mm -hmm. he like bombed a town or something yeah so it's just like i don't have much interest in a story about his life because i mean yeah at the beginning of the movie it said that he had turned his life around for his wife and his kids (coughs) but Mm -hmm. there he goes again back into being a criminal so i don't know just movies with sort of unsavory characters as the leads are not usually my favorite. So. You liked you liked Breaking Bad though. I never finished it. You never finished Breaking Mm-mm, Bad? Oh, no, I thought you did. Yeah, he sort of so it sort of wore on me as the season goes. There's the show went on. Okay. Um, let's see what else. Yeah, I don't know. You didn't. You didn't. Did you? St- would you say it's more of a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Like if you had if you had to recommend the movie. Um I don't know if I know many people who I would recommend this movie to. Yeah. Um who haven't already probably seen it. Yeah. Um I mean, I would say it's, you know, okay, so I'm looking at my thumb. It's not a thumbs down. Mm-hmm. It's not really a thumbs up. It's kind of sideways sort of towards up. Okay. It's about 75% up. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't know. It would have to be a very particular kind of person who I think would enjoy sure. this movie more than I would. Sure. Okay. Why do you think I like the movie? Um, You like hard movies. Explain that. <laughs> Your favorite movie is Eraserhead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not saying this is at all like Eraserhead. It's not. But you like movies that... You actually have to pay attention to? Hey, you have to pay attention to movies I like, too. <laughs> the face you're making. Um, yeah, uh, I think you're a fan of westerns. I'm assuming you like this movie. How many westerns have you seen? Not a lot. Really? Yeah. Um, that's the thing. Is it like I want to say that I love westerns, but I don't. I was thinking about this the other day. Um, when we were at Olive Garden talking about movies. Yeah. Um, I really like that setting, mm-hmm. but I won't watch a movie just because it's a Western. Like, I have to be kind of assured that it's a good movie. Like, I've seen Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and this, and I'm sure a couple others along the way. Right. Um, Django Unchained is a Western and whatever. Um. But it's not like horror, where I will watch a movie just because it's a horror movie, even right. if I'm pretty sure it's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because the things that you can do badly in westerns, I don't, I find harder to get over than the things that you can do badly in horror. 
Okay. Um, because horror, like horror, can be cheesy and dumb and schlocky and and whipped together and still be enjoyable because people are screaming and getting cut up and stuff. Ew. Westerns, westerns are slower and more methodical, and I, I think I think westerns are supposed to be more thought provoking. Yeah, I can see that. Um, just because it's really the only American folklore we have. Mm-hmm. Um, as non-Native American people. We don't really have a mythology, so, like, this is our Middle Ages. Yeah. You know, this This is this is our land of, of fairies and goblins and This is and, our and thing that stuff. we can claim as a thing yeah, that's th- unique to I us. I mean, we're, we're a young country. This, mm-hmm. is, this is, like, the most American type of thing. It's people going off into the unknown to, to try to make a better life for themselves. And, mm-hmm. You know, and and those who are coming after them—that's that's a fairly American thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of things you can do badly. Lighting, lighting—you can do really badly in westerns. Was the lighting in this movie bad? Uh, no, but you can do it badly just because not a lot of electricity. That's true. Um, you're inside a mm-hmm. lot, so it's just gonna like it's gonna be dark, and the shadows are gonna be hard and weird unless you do things to it and. You know, there's like the spaghetti western genre. I think I would like a lot more, where everything was just—they were all shot in like Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like westerns because it's it's very masculine. Mm. Um, it's very tough. Like the action movies I like are slower action movies. Okay. Um, I I don't get turned on by explosions Mm-mm. and loud noises an awful lot. Me neither. Um, I found Avengers Two: Age of Ultron to be part particularly boring people getting punched through buildings is one of the most boring visuals you can show me (laughs) that's why i didn't like the transformers movies because like the robot fights were just not compelling Mm -hmm. it's just like oh my god it's a big hunk of metal hitting another big hunk of metal yeah i'm not a fan of like the shooty action movies and i don't like car chase movies Mm -hmm. i don't like anything like that it's just so boring you can do car chase as well I've seen some good car chases in my life. Um, But yeah, for the most part, like that kind of action movie I don't like. Mm -hmm. I prefer an action movie like Unforgiven, where where the action is quick. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, aside from the fact that there's like no one ever seemed to bleed after they got shot, (laughs) like um, it, it felt kind of, kind of authentic and real. And like when uh, the sheriff, Gene Hackman, is laying on the ground after being shot by Clint Eastwood, and he's like, "Yeah, that was dumb." He's like, "I don't deserve to die like this." I was, I was building a house, and Clint Eastwood just says, "Servants got nothing to do with it." Mm-hmm. Like that's the type of type of action I like. Like I really like the William Money character <laughs> um, because yes, he was a bad guy, um, but he's not like that anymore. <laughs> You know, he's he's got two Nobody kids. Nobody was. Well, reluctantly. He became that again. And I, like, I didn't understand why. But why he didn't did he do want that? to. Why did he do it then? Why did he kill all those people at the end? What? No, why did he change his mind after he oh. told the Schofield kid no? Because money is good. It's hard to raise two kids when all of your pigs are getting some sort of mysterious pig fever, which they established. I, I, there are other ways to make money besides... <laughs> but that's not not if that's all you know. 
you know that's 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 the whole point of like the one last job trope is like i don't want to do this anymore but i've spent my entire life doing this and this is all i know how to do but at the end of the movie when they gave Mm -hmm. you the little epilogue like text they said he went to san francisco and he became successful in dry goods Mm -hmm. why couldn't he have done that circumvent the whole going and obviously didn't have the startup money to do that (sighs) i don't know you know, he tried to do something and, and realized he couldn't do it, so then... Could have sold his farm. He probably did after, you know, but again, like, if you have... He had, like, what, like, six pigs? Mm-hmm. And several of them were sick, and which means you probably can't sell them for their meat, and there's no other good reason to farm pigs than for meat. Yeah. You know, that's... They, they established that he wasn't in a good place with that. So he did. He got the opportunity to return to what he knew and was good at. Mm-hmm. Um, they even established that he was better than the stories talk, talked about. Right. This uh, at one point, the Schoolfield kid is is asking him about you were cornered by like two the sheriff and two men, and he's like, "Yeah, I guess that's true." And later, Ned says to him, "Last I heard that story, there were the sheriff and three men." Mm-hmm. And Clint Eastwood's just like, nah, whatever. <laughs> so that's the other thing too. I like the character who who is is the big time badass. Like he's he's the baddest mamma jamma you've ever seen, mm-hmm. and just doesn't care. Yeah. Like I really like that. Like again, my my sort of problem with the action genre is that like the good guys know that they're they're badasses. Mm-hmm. You know, John McClane walks like a badass. You know, um, Jason Bourne like walks like a badass james james bond knows he's a badass william money knows he's a badass but that's not the point you know like especially at this point he's old and he doesn't do that anymore he doesn't want to do it anymore like even even at the end when he's getting revenge for ned Mm -hmm. like you can tell he doesn't enjoy it right um but you know there is a fire inside of him and you can you can see that when he walks outside of the bar and he's just yelling into the night like, "Don't you dare! Mm-hmm. Don't you dare take a shot at me because I won't only kill you, but I'll kill your wife and your children and your friends too." Yeah. And uh, you guys, you guys better bury Ned right. And if you don't, swear to God, I will come back here and burn this whole town down. Mm-hmm. And I really like that level of self awareness in people, like in general, like that. I could I could be awful. I could I could be the most terrible thing you've ever experienced if you just give me the chance. So don't don't give me the chance to do that. Um like that's that's the type of badass that I like is is the one that kind of knows like I guess that's why like like the Hulk. Like if I had to choose like a superhero like idea that I like the most is the Hulk because that's that's the idea behind the Hulk is like please just like be diplomatic with me don't rile me up like Mm -hmm. you don't you don't want to see me when i'm angry so please like just don't you know like let's let's accomplish this the way that we should you know with words and then the bad guys are always arrogant and oh yeah you're a coward and and then you, you know you tear them apart and there's something really satisfying about seeing that yeah there's something really satisfying about seeing a person who just won't listen be mm-hmm. shown why they should listen. Which is probably why I like horror, because like that's the entire genre, yeah. is people who should have listened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
everybody said don't go in the basement you went in the basement and this this maybe it's just because like i went to public school mm-hmm. you know and i still like harbor all that resentment like man i could have learned so much more man i loved our school which one the high school we went yeah. to sure i'm thinking more like middle school and elementary oh, okay. school like i could have learned so much more in those whatever like 12 years mm-hmm. if if like those six kids had just not been dumbasses. Like, I could have learned so much more if they had just shut up and listened. So I don't know. Like, so what? What kind of like protagonist do you like? Um, I like the ones that I want to root for. Okay. The ones who uh, see this is hard because I don't like. I also don't like the mary sue type of characters Mm -hmm. where they're everything's good everything's cheery i'm perfect in every way this Mm -hmm. movie is going to be so boring because i don't do anything yeah so i guess i sort of like the middle ground like i like the people who i feel like are real people that would they might get into trouble but it's either despite all of their best efforts and they're just like unlucky or they did something wrong they realized it and they're trying to make amends or something I well just, that that describes willing money i don't think so though yeah no I, like he, i just can't he, get he did past a bunch it. of wrong stuff and he tried to stop he married that woman and she straightened him out and then as soon as soon as she died he went back not in as it. soon as <laughs> and again it's not like he wanted to he felt he had to i i, get, I understand but i i just i just I don't know. I couldn't root for him because he knew what he was getting into. And he he could have said, there are other ways to make money. He could have said, I want to stay home with my kids, raise them right. Even if we don't have a ton of money, they're going to need a parent around and I'm doing the best I can for them. Going out, killing a bunch more people and making it so that he might not be able to come home to his kids is not a good thing. You know, he could have gotten himself killed and then his kids would be there with a bunch of dead pigs and they wouldn't have any, they wouldn't, they'd be screwed because Ned died. He told them when he left that if I don't come back in a couple weeks, go down to, you know, your aunt and wherever. He told him to go to um, Sally Two Trees. Yeah, to Ned's wife. Yeah, but Ned died, so Sally would be stuck with these two kids. <laughs> Sally's Native American. She can do whatever she, she needs to do. I guess. I don't know. I just, I couldn't respect how he chose to proceed. I see. Mm -hmm. Just like I couldn't respect how Walter White decided to proceed, and I couldn't respect how Nancy Botwin decided to proceed. Well, that's (laughs) that's different, though. Because Walter White and Nancy Botwin, Nancy Botwin of Weeds, Mm -hmm. and Walter White of Breaking Bad, Mm -hmm. just for those of you who only watch movies and not TV. They started to become power hungry and enjoy the power and the money more and that 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 was more about the, like them that like they started off saying you know I'm doing this for my family. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being I'm doing this for me because I'm I'm a selfish person ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um and William Money is ultimately not a selfish person. Um, because he, he got revenge on Ned, which is what he was supposed to do because he pulled Ned into it 
and mm-hmm. Ned didn't want to go either. Mm-hmm. And um, Schofield Kid didn't even want Ned to come along originally. Yeah. If you, if uh, we remember. And um, you know he he took the money presumably back to he took Ned's share back to his wife presumably, mm-hmm. and then he took his share and took his kids and went to San Francisco and rumor has it prospered in dry goods. Mm-hmm. So like it's different. Like he did a bad thing, yes, but like none of the people that he killed were like great people, you know? Like the people he had the bounty to kill, like they should have died, right? <laughs> they should have paid for what they did i don't know if they should have died well they did uh the guy who did the cutting paid four of his six horses and the other guy paid two of his four horses but i'm talking they should have like went to jail or something well the sheriff decided what the what the punishment was so that's that's good right like that's no it means the sheriff is the one who needs a check he needs his power checked i think he was a little bit of a I don't know like a strong armed dictator or something mm-hmm. and he got his in the end he that's true he did so Will, william money is is really a good guy <laughs> he took out two women assaulting people he took out a pimp essentially mm-hmm. and allowed which would allow those women to work for themselves if mm-hmm. that's the line of work that they decided to do mm-hmm. and it didn't seem like any of them really didn't particularly enjoy their job mm-hmm. they just wanted fairer treatment yeah um he took out the dictatorial sheriff of the town mm-hmm. and his lackeys See, he cl- he single-handedly cleaned up the c- town in an afternoon well see but i think the mark of a truly good person would be somebody who could figure out how to fix things without resorting to killing everybody in the town mm. I just think he was a little bit too hasty. So how would have you handled it, the situation? Me as in Katie or me if I were William? You as in Katie. I probably would have said, no, I'm not going to take out these cowboys. Okay. So they just get away with it? Nope. I would have hopped on my um, on my former criminal of yes former criminals of yesterday facebook group and i would have said hey i hear there's these bad guys in this place Mm -hmm. i'm out of the biz if you guys have any connections go do something i don't know so you would you you would just let let the the ladies do what they were doing which was which is the whole reason english bob was in there to to show that really the only person who could do anything about it was was william money because Okay. Everyone else is coming into town and the sheriff is like, nah. I will say, on principle, I'm against people getting killed. Okay? okay. I will also say, fine, you win. I don't know how else this movie could have happened. But I just didn't like it, okay? I didn't like that all these people had to die. But I don't know how things would have worked out otherwise. Sometimes that's just how life is, you know. Okay. So, sometimes, sometimes mo mo uh, lovers gotta die, you know. Some sometimes we just got it coming, kid. Yep. Thanks for that glint. 
sometimes sometimes that's just the way that uh, the cookie crumbles. You gotta go out, you gotta shoot some cowboys, and you gotta collect your money from some hoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's... Because that's... So, so here's an interesting thing um, that I was thinking of while I was watching the movie. The lady what got herself cut up... <sighs> she didn't seem like... She was the one who was all that bullish about the cowboys, uh, you know, buying the farm. It was it was the other lady. It was yeah. the redhead lady. Mm-hmm. Um, she sort of seemed like the de facto mother. She did. She did seem like the mother. So she, I think she she was the oldest. Yeah, of she was the, definitely the, the oldest. Working. She seemed like she felt it was her duty to make something happen to these cowboys on the girl's behalf the girl seemed more like well i didn't die so i'm okay Mm -hmm. she seemed more passive like me Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah she like it seemed like she was gonna accept the horse from the second bad guy yeah oh so that was the thing too is is that the second bad guy the guy who didn't do the cutting came with an extra horse that Mm -hmm. he was going to give to the lady who got caught up. Yeah, and she looked like she was ready to accept it. Yeah. And everybody else is like, no, and I think they threw mud at him or something. Yeah, they threw mud at him. So, I I think if if those other women had just let her accept the horse, I think this whole movie didn't have to happen. I think it would have been like a 15-minute movie. And everybody would have lived happily ever after. Well, it could have it could have still been two hours and ten minutes long, but it could have just been about her. That like, would have been better. Getting over it. I bet that would have been better. It wouldn't have been a Clint Eastwood movie, but it would have been better. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing about Clint Eastwood is that he he doesn't particularly fit the ideology of of uh, you. Nope. He's his, a his, pretty scumbag of a guy. His his political views are a little bit different. Yeah. Um. Which you know is why he made lots of westerns. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because again, it is a very masculine genre, which which mm-hmm. explains why I I tend to like it a little bit more than you. Yeah. You know, like heck, I've I've seen my fair share of Little House on the Prairie, just like with my mom and stuff. Yeah, I used to watch that too. Um. Like, I just enjoyed that. Like, I enjoy that time. Mm-hmm. You know, my my very, very anarchist tendencies. I think that that's really great. You mm-hmm. know, small town of people, they all got their differences, but they're working together to make a better life for each other and not waiting for handouts from some big government <laughs> that's going to come down and regulate everything. Correct. Sometimes things just need to get handled with guns. Um. Mm-hmm. What else? What else? What did you think about... What did you think about Ned's character? Um... I didn't like him. No? No. Um... I thought he... Well, I'm biased again because he's a criminal. Um... He cheated on his wife, his sweet wife, Sally Two Trees, with... Some of the prostitutes. He was taking advances. Uh, yeah, but he's married, man. Um, he, I don't know. He, uh, I just didn't think he was. He wasn't very interesting either. Hmm. Like he, 
I didn't know what his motivation was for going back to one last kill or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think they ever really said why he did it. I mean, there's not a lot of, like, super blatant exposition in this movie. A lot of stuff has to be inferred. Mm-hmm. Um, which is nice, I think. It made the dialogue seem more believable. It wasn't like, come on, Ned, we gotta go do this one last job because I wanna get out of the pig farming business and you're obviously very, very, very bored here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I think that was the thing, is is there's that element of wanting to relive the old days a little bit. There's wanting to help out a friend, you know. They they It was established that they've been partners for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost... Uh, Ned is, was very good with a rifle, which we then see some nice character arc for him. When oh, they're up yeah. shooting the first guy, he's unable to do it. He yeah. shoots the ho- horse out from under him, but he can't make the kill shot. Yep, I do remember. And like that. he's even like shaking and stuff. And then after that, like that's what gets him killed. Mm-hmm. Is that he's like, guys, I can't do this. Like I don't care about the money. I'm just gonna go home. Just yeah. gonna go home. Um, which is what Schofield Kid said too. Yeah, after his kill. I think that whole that whole like chunk of the movie was my favorite part of the movie. Mm. Was when they when money finally got better and they started actively going after these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole chunk of the movie was where we saw the most character development and the most like in like mentally stimulating slash interesting things happen Mm. like we saw ned not be able to kill the cowboy we saw um we saw him sort of resign and he was just kind of like no can't do it i know i said i was gonna do one last job but it's not my thing anymore so i i liked that he was able to admit that actually like i like that he didn't feel like he had to (laughs) that he had to keep um going because he had he owed it to William or whatever. Um and then I liked that the Schofield kid who I just hated him the whole time, but I liked that he sort of had his little breakthrough moment where he's like, you know what? I know I've been putting on this tough guy act. You guys probably didn't believe me and here's why, because I was lying the whole time. I've never killed anybody until I just killed this guy while he was on the toilet. Um and he sort of had this like moment where he realized, wow, I'm going to be a different person now. I was all talk before, but now I have something to back it up and I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Well, and hearing the list of all of the things that William Money did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, he's oh, like, I don't want to be you anymore. Yeah, I'm not like you. Yeah. Um, and there were a lot of really subtle things um, that I liked. Like, again, with that sort of like him... William Money knowing he's a badass but not wanting to flaunt it about is because he's not proud of it. And, like, the whole time you can just kind of see that he thinks that the kid is foolish. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's almost like a father-son relationship where he's, he, like, Clint Eastwood has no responsibility to this kid. Right. You know? Um, at one point after Ned dies, he does say, you're the only friend I got, which is really sad because... He doesn't even like him. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's the, there's that element of 
look at me, listen to me when I do talk, because I don't talk much, and pay attention, because I'm not going to explain this to you, because I have no responsibility to you. Mm -hmm. But if you pay attention, you will realize you don't want to be like me, you know? And um, I think that that's really cool. I think that that's a better way to... I feel like that that's how I like to interact with people, is to not sit down and be like, okay, now look. Here is, like, the thing. Like, like I like making myself clear in my actions and my words without having to do a ten-minute monologue of exposition. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, West- Westerns do that a lot. Also, kung fu movies do that, too. <laughs> I think Westerns and kung fu movies are essentially the same thing. I can see that. Um, you know, it's just a drifter going from town to town, and there's a problem in the town that he goes to, and then he has to fight his way out of it. So one just uses kung fu, and one uses guns. But essentially, it's the same thing, which is why the TV show Kung Fu <laughs> uh, works so, so, so well. Um, even though they try to play David Carradine off as, like, half Chinese or uh, something. That doesn't work. No. Um, at least he didn't choke on that role. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. What did you think about the W.W. W. Beauchamp character? W.W. Beauchamp. The writer who was with English Bob. That, okay, I am still a little bit fuzzy on the whole English Bob and his biographer, whoever he was, Beauchamp or whatever. You don't understand, like, why he was in the movie? Yeah, like, it seemed like a really odd sort of side thing to me. Okay, so this was the exposition that you don't get in dialogue. So English Bob is on the train. They establish his character. He's a big badass, too. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit more arrogant with it, too. Um, which is why he keeps saying stuff about the queen and presidents and how anyone will shoot a president because presidents don't really matter. Um, and remember that the presidents don't really matter coming this November. <laughs> also remember that anyone can shoot a president. Hey! <laughs> don't remember that. <laughs> Sharing everything does not condone presidential assassinations. Or any assassination of any kind. Wink! Ever. End of story. Wink! No winking. Nope. Done. Back to the movie, please. Wink! All right. So English Bob rolls into town looking to find those ladies who got that bounty. Because he wants the deets on that so he can go kill some people and get some money. He rolls into the town of Big Whiskey. Whiskey. Wherein Gene Hackman is the sheriff mm-hmm. who also knows him. Mm-hmm. Gene Hackman apparently has some sort of storied history as well, which we get throughout the movie. You're looking at me confused, but <laughs> I don't remember any of that. You really don't? Like no. Oh my god. Alright. So here's what here's what happened in the movie. So this guy <laughs> cuts up a prostitute. So 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 English Bob goes into town, um, where there are no guns allowed. And yes. This is a big deal. Mm-hmm. No guns allowed. The only people what got guns are the sheriff and his deputies. Because um, Little Bill, I think is the name of the guy. Skinny mm-hmm. Jim. Mm-hmm. Slim Jim. Anyway. <laughs> Gene Hackman. He doesn't want rowdiness in his town. He wants it to be a nice, quiet town. Maybe he can get some billiards. Wink, wink. Mm-hmm. Or, or just hang out at the barbershop or, you know, whatever. Like, it's it's a nice, peaceful town. He doesn't want any of that. He doesn't want his town to be a Wild West town. 
because presumably he's seen too much of that mm-hmm. and does not need it. Um, so English Bobby comes into town, does not surrender his weapons. So there's a big deal with that. And um, he beats him up and imprisons him to set an example. Because he beats him up and then he says, there are, there's no whore's gold. Mm-hmm. Stop looking for a bounty. There's no bounty here. And this is what will happen to you if you go looking for this bounty that is supposedly here, but it's not. Promise you nothing. And if you try to come looking for it, I'm going to beat your ass. This is to set up why Clint Eastwood has to do it. Because he didn't come into town looking for the bounty. The bounty came to him. Right. In, in the form of the kid. Mm-hmm. So, he's only going to run into the sheriff after. Right? Um, but he already knows about it and, and everything. So, this is just to set up that, like, William Money is the only person who can do the job. And to, to sort of alleviate the questions of, like, why doesn't he just wait for someone else to do it? Like, like you were suggesting. Mm-hmm. Presumably, no one else is going to do it because no one wants to go into town, you know, go have some billiards so that they can figure the stuff out and then come back later. Right. Um, Because that's uh, going to be suspicious and there's going to be some problems, especially at this point. Now the sheriff knows that these, these ladies are offering money and so they will have an eye kept upon them. Yes. So that's why English Bob is in the movie right like no i understood why he was there but Mm -hmm. like all of the like particularly the scene and i know you explained it to me during the movie but um while they're in the jailhouse why is the beauchamp guy allowed to be out of his cell and english bob is still in his cell all after the kerfuffle he's all beat up um and then the sheriff is sort of like egging Beauchamp on to get the gun, shoot him. Well, he's posturing and he's he's showing, you know, proving to himself that, that Beauchamp is, is a wuss. And why did he stay? Why did he, he stay? Mm-hmm. Uh, because he doesn't want to hang out with English Bob anymore. Because he sucks. So, Gene Hackman likes the idea of a biographer around because he is similarly arrogant. Ah, uh, okay. He, he has all those stories. Mm-hmm. He'll tell them the way that they are because there's that whole bit where um, uh, Beauchamp tells the story about um, English Bob shooting this guy. And mm-hmm. Gene Hackman says, no, I was there and that's not how it went down. Right. So Beauchamp stays because he wants to get the real story. He, he that is where his interest lies. And then he as a character functions for character development for Gene Hackman hmm. so that Gene Hackman can tell him stories that we get to see, which is what gotcha. happens in the rain and a little bit after. So that like that's what his his character is for. Okay. So he's sort of a plot device. Yeah. Okay. But he's also an interesting character, right? Yeah. Um you know, like that's kind of a dangerous profession. Being like a writer out in the Wild West, if you're similarly, if you're not a tough guy. Yeah, that's true. Especially if you're writing about these tough guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would be like me going, you know, into a dangerous part of Atlanta or something mm-hmm. 
and trying to make friends with gang members and saying, hey, you know, I want to tell your story. Yeah. Uh, I have nothing to do with your world. I'm just <laughs> bored with mine. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't tend to take kindly to that. No. Usually. Although there is a really good documentary, and I can't remember the name of it now, where an anthropologist does go into, like, the inner city and hang out with gang members. Hmm. Um, it's really cool. It's called, like, Broken Wings or something. Hmm. Anyway, go look that up. Okay. Uh, let's read some... Trivia. Trivia. The final screen credit reads, dedicated to Sergio and Don, referring to Clint Eastwood's mentors, Sergio Leone and Don Siegel. Um, although the score was arranged by Lenny Nyehouse, the main theme was written by Clint Eastwood himself. Okay. Clint Eastwood's own mother toiled through an uncomfortable day wearing a heavy dress as an extra, filming a scene where she boards a train. But the scene was eventually cut with her son apologizing that the film was too long and something had to go. Oh, shut up, Clint. All was forgiven when he brought her to the Academy Awards and thanked her prominently in his acceptance speech. What a terrible person. The script floated around Hollywood for nearly 20 years, during which time Gene Hackman read it and rejected it, only to be later convinced by Clint Eastwood, who had owned the rights to the script for some time to play a role. (coughs) Um, (coughs) I'm dying. Please don't. I got the black lung, Pop. (laughs) To maintain the authentic atmosphere, no motor vehicles were allowed on the big whiskey set. Hmm. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Only the third Western to ever win Best Picture Oscar, the other two being Dances with Wolves, 1990, which we might watch at some point. Oh, boy. And uh, Cimarron, 1931, which we will not watch. Okay. Um, the film put paid to Clint Eastwood's long-standing statement why he would never win an Oscar. Eastwood reckoned he would never be in the running because, quote, first, I'm not Jewish. Secondly, I make too much money. Thirdly, and most importantly, because I don't give an F. Since his double Oscar win for Unforgiven in 1992, Eastwood has gone on to win two more Oscars, as well as an Irving G. Thalberg Memorial Award, and has been nominated an additional six times. I'm so, like, I've... Ugh. We don't particularly like Clint Eastwood in, in, in the Balecki house. I'm so over him, and I don't even know much about him, and I'm just so over him. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Um, film was shot in 39 days, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Richard Harris, who played English Bob, right? Yes. Which is a really American-sounding name. Yeah. Richard Harris. <laughs> Uh, was watching High Plains Drifter on TV when Clint Eastwood phoned him to offer him the part of English Bob, which is a Western. Mm-hmm. Um, Gene Hackman turned down the part of Money before the script came to Clint Eastwood. Ranked number four on the American Film Institute's list of ten greatest films in the genre Western in June 2008. Boy. So you probably just aren't going to like many westerns. Probably not. <coughs> you ever see True Grit? No. Either one? No. I have not. They're both pretty good. Yeah. I think I like this the the Coen Brothers one a little bit better. Mm. But the John Wayne one is good. John Wayne just has an interesting voice. Does he? He's got a very sort of cowboy voice. I was going to try <laughs> to do it and then I realized that that wasn't going to be a good idea. <laughs> Uh, most of the rain in the film was specially created. 
because Calgary, where it was shot, was experiencing a dry spell. In the early 1980s, Francis Ford Coppola got a hold of the script and met with John Malkovich to offer him the role of William Money. Imagine that movie. Ooh. Malkovich recalled, The offer was not very serious, thank God. I say that for myself and the poor public, and for Clint, absolutely. I would have been a total, total failure. Total. Who would have wanted to see that? I wouldn't. I would have just been acting schmacting. There are some things you can only have with a kind of mythic figure, which Clint is. So Clint Eastwood is not a dude I would want to have lunch with, but he does, you know, if you need someone with the the ruggedness of Tom Waits without the silliness of Tom Waits, you call Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Took Clint Eastwood several years to actually get around to reading the script as his script reader had initially told him that it wasn't very good. Huh. Okay. I agree. Uh, with inflation, the $1,000 bounty on the Cowboys would be equivalent to somewhere between thirty dollars and $110,000 now. It's quite a range. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, eighteen eighty. I guess. Um, Clint Eastwood said at the time that this would be the last movie that he would act in and direct, but it went on to appear in quite a lot of movies he's directed since then. Like Gran Torino, where he literally likens himself to Jesus. He literally makes himself Jesus in that film. Have you seen Gran Torino? I no, but I know a lot about that. I'm going to spoil Grant the end of Gran Torino. He goes to confront the Asian people because mm-hmm. they're he's racist and mm-hmm. they're a gang. Um, and he reaches inside of his coat for a lighter, but they think he's going for a gun, so they shoot him out on the lawn, mm-hmm. and he falls down with his arms perfectly 90 degrees to the side and his legs together like Jesus on the cross as the as the camera above him, like, pulls out. Can Clint Eastwood just go away? <laughs> Pretty soon. <laughs> he's, he's old. Um... According to Clint Eastwood in a 2000 aught aught interview, Gene Hackman was very concerned about how they were going to show the violence in the movie, owing to the rising gun violence in American cities. Clint Eastwood assured Hackman that the film wouldn't glorify gun violence, which I think is the case. Okay. Um... One of the few changes that Clint Eastwood made to the original David Webb people's original script was to remove the opening voiceover and replace it with text. I think it would have been I think it was way better with text. Probably. Um doot, 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 doot. in 2007, the American Film Institute ranked this as the 68th greatest movie of all time. Wow. <laughs> that is a face of a woman who does not agree. <laughs> Correct. Oh, man, really? They couldn't find... They could only find 67 movies that were better than this one? I could probably name about 200 right now. <laughs> um, doot, 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 doot. Clint Eastwood asked Gene Hackman to model his character of Little Bill Daggett on then Los Angeles police, Chief Daryl Gates. So... Uh, Point, yeah. point one for Clint Eastwood there for making him such an <laughs> unlikable character. Here, base him off this cop. Um, the movie and Clint Eastwood's first directed Western High Plains. Oh. What? There should I feel like there should have been punctuation somewhere. <laughs> the movie and Clint Eastwood's first directed Western, comma, High Plains Drifter open and close their movies within with the same location, angle, and time of day. Mm-hmm. He really likes those, like, wide landscape shots at sunset. Yeah. 
Um, as of 2016, this is Clint Eastwood's final Western. Good. He hasn't made any Western since then. It's okay. He's been, in about, it. he's been in about 60. Oh. Um, by Clint Eastwood's own recollection, he was given the script in the early 80s, although he did not immediately pursue it because, according to him, I thought I should do some other things first. Um, Clint Eastwood came to know about the film from Kevin Costner while filming Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, in 2001. Um, And Kevin Costner was in Dances with Wolves. Hmm. Uh, There's a big thing about the following guns being used in the movie, but we don't care. Um, Oh, Frances Fisher. That's the thing I was going to look up. I was going to see who Frances Fisher is. She, I think, is in the movie or something. Oh, yes. Frances Fisher is Strawberry Alice. She's the, the mom. Mm-hmm. So here's some trivia that'll that'll really endear you to dear old Clint. Oh, boy. Can't wait. Uh, I need to scroll back down. Doop, 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 boo, doop. This is fascinating radio. <laughs> radio. <coughs> I got the black lung pop. By the time of the uh, the Academy Awards ceremony, Frances Fisher, what played Strawberry Alice, <sighs> was four months pregnant, but had been under strict orders not to tell anyone, including her closest friends. Hunt Eastwood reportedly said to her, I don't want that kind of thing taking attention away from my Oscar race. When Eastwood's name was announced as the winner for Best Director, Fisher tried to hug him, but he quickly pulled away and walked on stage. In his acceptance speech, he thanked Fisher only in professional context, along with many other members of the cast and crew. (laughs) Katie is speechless. Wow, what a jerk. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Apparently, Jeremy Irons was considered for the role of English Bob. Dumbledore all the way. Dumbledore all the way. And then there's a whole bunch of references to like other westerns that this movie does, which is another reason why people probably like this movie. Included among the 1001 movies you must see before you die, which we have on our bookcase. We sure do. Um, One of three Warner Brothers movies in a row where the Best Picture winner co-stars Morgan Freeman. The other two are Driving Miss Daisy and Million Dollar Baby. Um, and then The Departed would be the first Warner Brothers picture Oscar without Freeman since Amadeus. Okay. Which was 1984. So ah. between 1984 and 2006, only the only Warner Brothers movies that got nominated for Oscars had Morgan Freeman in it. Yes. Which is pretty great. Uh, the film class includes three Oscar winners, Clint Eastwood, Gene Hackman, and Morgan Freeman, and one Oscar nominee, Richard Harris. Mm-hmm. Uh, body count nine. Okay. So that's the, the, so that's an interesting thing, um, how there's all that trivia about... Um, how like, terrible Clint Eastwood is? Well, yeah, but that's not what I was going to bring up. <laughs> trivia about... 
um, this movie making references to a lot of other movies, which I didn't read any of them because it wouldn't mean anything to either you or me because I haven't seen any of those movies. Correct. Um, but that's probably a reason why people like it. Like, this does seem like a very academic movie. Like, this is, seems like a movie you would show in film class to be like, so this is how you set up place. Yeah. This is how you establish all of these rules to this universe without using a lot of exposition. Because that that is what happens. Mm-hmm. Um and that's kind of the point I've been trying to make. Like, that's another big reason why, why I wanted to show you this movie is just because I really like movies that do that. Like, yeah. when I took a script writing class, he said, pushing his hipster glasses up his nose, <laughs> um, like, that was a big thing that our professor told us was like, if your characters speak, it must mean something. Right. It must advance the plot. Mm-hmm. You you are not allowed to write a script in this class wherein dialogue does not progress the plot. And if you have people talking and it is unnecessary, you won't get a good grade. Yeah. Um, no, so- I do think, I, as much as I didn't love it, this movie really did have, like, it was technically good, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, definitely, I was thinking the same thing, that this is the type of movie that you would say, here, this is how you make a Western. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can appreciate that it was probably a good movie. I just didn't care for it. Mm-hmm. So, Which is the cool thing about art, mm-hmm. is that you can acknowledge that it's good without having to personally enjoy it. Yes. Have we received any emails? We have not. We got an email from Google, but that was it. Oh, did it say a new login from yes, iPhone <laughs> or something like that? Yes, it did. All right. Well, if you want to if you want to email the show. Yeah, please do. We'd love to chat with you. How, how would they go about doing that, darling? You can email us at sharingeverythingshow at gmail.com. And where can they find this podcast? They can find this podcast on iTunes, mm-hmm. on I don't know. Where else? On iTunes and and third-party podcast catchers that pull from iTunes. Okay. So really just about anywhere except for Stitcher and Google Play. Okay. But that'll change. Yep. So, you know, until the next time. Hey, don't you want to hear what movie we're watching next week? Yeah, oh, no. I don't don't care what you have to share with me. Fine. What are we watching next week, darling? Next week we are watching a childhood favorite that I have probably seen about 35 times in my life, but not in probably the past 10 years or so. What is it? We're watching Polly. Polly. Oh, that's right. You asked me about that. Something with a bird? Something with a bird. All right. Well, until next time, keep talking, keep (laughs) loving, (laughs) keep doing something? Sherry. Bye now.